0: Welcome, everybody, back to the Deposit That Podcast, where today I'm here with uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Brooklyn himself, someone who's taken over the entire, one of the hottest markets in all of New York City, probably even in the country. We're going to do his intro song right now as if he was going to be walking up to his at-bat, because right now he's coming up to at-bat in the Deposit That Podcast. So here's his song, and then we'll introduce him. Brooklyn 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 you ever hear this song before? You know this song? Yeah. All right, so this is your theme song coming up. Everybody, let's welcome Ban Leo to the show. Ban, welcome. Thank you for coming.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm very glad to be here. You
0: said to me that only I could get you into the city on this hot day for a podcast. Is that true? Only for Jeff.
1: (laughs) Because you know what? It's worth it. And everybody needs to deposit that.
0: Love it. Absolutely. So you always say it is what it is. You tell it how it is. Where did you learn that from? Because a lot of people operate with insecurity and don't tell how it is and don't want to hear how it is.
1: I think I got it from my mother at a very young age. She is a very independent woman and she would always guide me to say things as you see it, as they are, and do not sugarcoat anything to just make somebody feels nice. And I think it also resonates in our industry right now because honesty and the reality of it all has got to be transmitted and uh, conveyed to the, our clients in a very transparent way. And no more sugarcoating and lying about what we can achieve when we cannot in this volatile market.
0: How have you crushed the Brooklyn market since the day you started in this business so far exceeding other people's expectations? maybe even your own, maybe you even have higher aspirations, so I'm sure you do. Being that we're friends, we probably are always always going to shoot for the stars, obviously. What has gotten you to just be that dominant force in an ultra-competitive, ultra-diverse marketplace?
1: I think everything starts with a passion. Uh, I've always have a passion for real estate, and I really loved what I do. I think with that as a platform, you do get to cement what you see, what you're going to achieve. I've always believed in shooting for the stars. And when I first came into the real estate market... In what year? In 2004. Okay. I did 2004 to 2007. 2008 to 2013, I took a break. I opened up my own business called Casa selling mid-century modern furniture, which is my passion at one time. So I just want to f- fulfill that. I didn't even know that, really. Yeah. And then fourteen till now, I'm back in the game. So collectively, I would say about eight and a half years in the business now. Wow! So when I first started in two thousand four, properties in Batstai, where I lived, was just selling for four nine nine, and five hundred thousand. That's it. It was everybody's game, and I had friends that I've encouraged them to basically invest. At that time, they were very scared of the neighborhood. They didn't want to get to know the neighborhood. And they were very reluctant. Fast forward, in 2016, everybody comes crawling back and well, the say, market oh was white yeah, hot. the market white is hard. They could have made millions, and that's where they begin to realize that Bestside is actually a very community-based neighborhood that everybody is very diverse, and we have created a sense of belonging.
0: Everyone's a neighbor.
1: Yeah, everybody knows your name. Really, they know where where you park your car, and they are very caring. And that's. What drew me to Best
0: So it's not the hood anymore. It's now a neighborhood.
1: It's a neighborhood. It's no more best I do or die. It's best I rent or buy. Best
0: I do or die. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's best
1: I rent or buy. <laughs> now. Yeah.
0: So what's excelled you personally? I mean, again, you took a five year hiatus. I think it's good in very stressful, dynamic industries to take a break, call it halftime, if you mm-hmm. will, call it TV mm-hmm. timeout, whatever you want to call it, right? How did that five years give you or reignite that passion inside of you? And how did you come back literally swinging for the fences full force to just kick ass?
1: When I did my store, it was also linked to real estate in some ways, which I didn't realize until much later.
0: It's uh, like an ancillary business. to Yeah. Estate.
1: And people were coming and telling me, hey, Bond, I need to sell furniture. And my next question is, why are you selling? Oh, well, my so-and-so just passed or we have decided to live New York altogether. So, of course, you know, that ignites my real estate (laughs) fire. (laughs) And my next question is, oh, really? Where are you located? You know, do you want me to sell your home? Blah, blah, blah. So it went on from that to going back to the real estate. And you're very right. I think we all should take a break from some very heightened competitive market and just reevaluate yourself and bring yourself back to a place where you are comfortable and, when time is correct, I'm sure you'll jump right back again and for greater heights. And when I came back the second time, we broke records, Lever right, and center. The first record that we broke was a 16-foot home in Arlington, in bed At that time, you're talking about 12 years ago, we sold it for $2.25 Twelve Never,
0: years ago. Unheard of, wow. right?
1: And then there's also another property that came to the market. We were the first to break at $3 million. And then the last one, which is, of course, the icing of, on the cake, is the $6.3 million mansion that we sold. Unheard saw. of. So yeah. you sold
0: a $6.3 million single-family home, yes. right? In Brooklyn. Yes. In Bedside.
1: Yes. And we cut through all the skeptics, and everybody was laughing and saying nasty things about how crazy I was. It was not going to happen. Bond is overshooting this time. He's going to get 4000000 mm-hmm. But we, four million. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we were laughing it off. We actually had a, a deal for seven million and it fell apart. And we quickly put it back in the market, remarketed it, and we got an offer of six million. And at that point, I was being very aggressive. I said, listen, It has been appraised for seven. Uh, We have an offer for seven. You have to give me a better offer. So they came back with 6.275, all cash, and closing in 14 days. So I told the seller, take "Take "take it it and run. Now, fast forward, if we were to do it in today's market... It would sell for $4 It will not happen, for sure. All the professional, well-established brokers are feeling the pinch. So for somebody who's actually coming to the market right now doing real estate... Is a very challenging time, but it has its good and and its bad. I think the good thing is you're going to learn a lot Mm -hmm. through the struggle. Mm -hmm. And uh, the bad thing is, you know, the more established ones are definitely going to lead the pack and get all the listings. The cream always rises. Yeah. So I think that's what we're heading to right now.
0: And before we obviously went live, we were speaking about the market's scary, right? Very scary. Scary market. For those listeners that don't know what scary means, right? What does the market being scary mean to you?
1: Days on the market. Uh, properties that we list, let's say, five years ago, we could sell it within three weeks. In today's market, you're looking at, at six months. You're telling me the time
0: frame <laughs> yes. could legitimately go from 21 days to 180 days. days. Is that because the prices are not priced properly? Or is that because the buyers have no reason to pull the trigger?
1: Number one, I think it's inventories. Inventories are out there. And it's not drying up as fast as we want it to be. And as weird as this may sound, the weather actually impacts the period that we're launching our sales. If you look at spring, we have no good weather mm-hmm. over the open houses period. Mm-hmm. Every Sunday was raining. Attendance were low. There was no interest. Morale. So, yeah. Morales so <laughs> everybody was just not having the hype. You know right. what I mean? So everything just got better, I would say, the last two Sundays mm-hmm. after all the, you know, the July 4th and what have you, then people are now coming back to take a look at the uh, open houses. But there's always all the barks and no bite situation. They love, That's like love Americans
0: love. in general, though, right? Of course, yeah. All bark, no no bite. No bite.
1: yeah. <laughs> and they come and see, they love every single banister and whatever appliances that you have. But for them to make an offer, they have so many things to consider. Number one, interest rates are so low, they don't have to rush to purchase. Number two, there are so many options right there. Number three, prices are dropping like crazy. Every week you see, you know, a uh, 5 to 25% drop.
0: Is that because of desperation needing to Absolutely. sell?
1: Absolutely, Need to sell. Need to sell. And uh, the sellers are all getting very anxious to decide whether cut price, sell it, or turn it into rentals. So that also now affects the rental market. So, the units are becoming available for the rental markets has gone crazy in bedy, and prices are also dropping in the rental market, so it's a domino effect overall, you know so people cannot just sustain a property for six months that they have put so much money into renovating and it's not selling while they are still repaying either hard money or a mortgage right so that take into play what we are experiencing right now and I hate to say this, but it is a buyer's market right now. And they they know that. The buyers know that. And they're just taking their own sweet time. So if you're a seller and
0: you're listening to this podcast, regardless of where you are in the country, what's your strategy as being one of the top real estate brokers in all of New York State, probably in the country, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. from a professional level, from a personal level? That's the truth, Mm -hmm. right? And you know I tell it how it is, right? (laughs) What's your advice to a seller? How do you pick your broker? How do you price your property? What do you do to get your home sold in this type of market?
1: I think you hit the, the correct, uh, the, the mandatory word today is price. I think you have to select a broker that understands the market, that understands the day-to-day fluctuations of pricing, and also be able to come and tell you a realistic price of listing your property in the time frame that they are looking to sell their property. If they are not in a hurry, of course it's going to be there forever. It is their own game. But if you want to sell it in a realistic time, uh, the correct pricing comes into play, and it is very, very important that we understand that. Five years ago, every broker that I know was just picking up, you know, a figure from the sky and lucky. saying, "Yeah,", yeah, yeah. and then just sugarcoat whatever they could do. Me myself included, I was very aggressive in my pricing. You could be, but now you have to like you know understand the uh, entire change of wins, so to speak, and. Everybody is now adjusting their sales to to perfect that that the perfect ride, you know? And we are gonna weather it, you know, for the next, I would own don't know, five years to come. And what really in a way saddens me is like for example, Best Eye, we have built all the properties to a very healthy appraisal value. So it's gone from let's say 499, 15 years later, it's gone to 3.1 million, 3.5 million. Now, with this fluctuation in pricing and the price reduction and what have you, the appraisal value is going to drop. has to. Yeah, it has to. And then guess what? We will have to rebuild that again. And that's what the market is.
0: What type of cushion do you put in that? By cushion, I mean, okay, the house four months ago is 3.1. Some desperate seller now sells for 2.7. I'm giving an example, yep, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Let's say that's there's right. a 10% mm-hmm. fluctuation between, yep. listen, this just sold for 3.1. Now you're getting 27 do we have further to drop? Is it a falling knife or is it going to reset pretty much the bottom line? I think bar? it will
1: reset. It will reset for sure. I think that, that give and take at 10 to 50% is is correct. And also, you know, I think sellers will have to understand that there are a lot of demands now from the buyers because of the transfer tax, the mention tax. So they know HGTV. Now, yeah, <laughs> they're all coming into it. They're like, well, Bond, we will make an offer. But we would like the seller to absorb the difference. You never heard of that before. Right? When the market is hot, you know, you have 10 offers in one day, and then it goes to the beating war. But you don't see that anymore. Last year was bad. This year is worse. And I think we are not seeing anything healthier going on. Now it's July. We have one more month to go. And then September comes, fall market. Inventories are not going to dry up. It's going to, you know, residually increase for fall, and then go into next spring. So the market is tumbling, that's for sure.
0: Do you believe the market is artificially inflated? I don't think so. I don't think so. so. You think we're in a real market?
1: Yeah, I think this is the real market. <laughs> I think every every broker out there is now coming to the senses that they have to be tough in delivering the news to the sellers of what they might not want to hear. Like For example, I just went for a pitch yesterday and this seller tells me people that are still making you work to get listings of after course. you're breaking records no they... I, no, they, they just, just call you up and say where do i yeah, sign you, where no, do no, i sign they don't well they used to <laughs> you know i mean we all it's okay because i always like a good for challenge course, and, and talk to them and seems to be
0: a common theme on this podcast is people liking the challenges yeah, to keep challenging it, and yeah, growing growing you
1: have to you have to get challenged so you never stop learning and i think no matter how good you are there's always some aspects in the industry that you still have to dig further and get yourself more acquainted and get yourself more knowledge to compete with the others, especially in these changing times. So back to the seller, he said to me, Ban, I want 3.2. I said, listen, the comps today will only get you 2.7. And that's what 500,000 Yeah, less. there's no way you can get it anymore. Yeah, you can make up any number you want. Yep. But... You can ask all you want, but there are two things. It's not going to sell, and someone's going to think there's something wrong with the property. Or you price it correctly and we sell it at a very reasonable price that you will still make money, but not that much.
0: What's the craziest price difference you've ever gone on a listing pitch for, right? And you said, hey, I think your property is worth X. What's the highest someone's come back in higher than what you actually thought the property was worth?
1: We have been very lucky because I've been working with repetitive like you know, the, the, the one of the sellers will give me like four or five properties oh, so wow, they understand nice. yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the, my strategy, sure. they they trust my my, mm-hmm. my pricing point. But the one that I I encounter once is a home in Bushwick is <laughs> worth one point two and then the guy come and tell me, Well bon, if I would not sell it if it's not three three million. <laughs> It's a frame home. And I'm, I, I look at him. and so I said, "Oh, by 1.8 million. Yeah, I said, you know what? I cannot do it. Thanks. So I think sometimes you just have to say no and don't waste each other's time and go on to the next project because there's nothing I could do to to evaluate that kind of reasoning and tell him that, you know, and spend hours in explaining to him that it's not worth one sure. 3 million. You know sure. what I mean? So I don't waste time anymore. I think time is more important to me to invest in my listings that I have that I am uh, desperately trying to, to, to get it moving. And buyers are now very savvy. You know, years ago, you need your broker to send you information and you have to, you know, receive a fax and do all that kind of thing. Get a page. <laughs> Today is a swipe industry, yep, right? It. If you don't call me, I swipe to the swipe next industry. one. If you don't let me know what's going on it's, So it's all about swiping And that's how easy it is to get hmm. you know instant information And they demand it's that It's now or never Exactly If you don't return my call in five minutes I'm getting on yep. to the next one yep. So it's become very very edgy and competitive and it's a time sensitive world that we're living in Like I have people saying, Yeah You know I wrote to you you know ten minutes ago <laughs> I haven't replied yet Yeah I was like, I uh, sneezed Yeah, I was you know <laughs> yeah. hosting an open house But I can understand that because that's what uh, the world we live in right now. And people want instant uh, reply, instant messages, instant this, instant that. But you cannot change that. It is what it is. We live with it. It's a new normal.
0: I think that's a great point to touch on where at what point or what's a reasonable amount of time when someone contacts you, right, that you have to get back to them? And I asked that question with this on the 4th of July, right? My son just fell. Out. Now, you know, I have a 10-month-old mm-hmm. son. Mm-hmm. You know, he's my priority. Mm-hmm. I don't care amount of money. Unless the house is on fire, he comes first. Mm-hmm. I don't care who's calling me, mm-hmm. right? People say, oh, well, I called you. I text you. Mm-hmm. I emailed you. Mm-hmm. Not for nothing, but it's all on my phone, right? Mm-hmm. So if you call me or you text me, you email me, they all come through at the same time, right? So mm-hmm. by calling and texting and emailing me, I look at it as now you're being annoying, mm-hmm. right? Because you did it all within five minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As a professional, as a high-level producer, how much time in a respectful manner do you give be- between returning someone's phone call, text, or email?
1: I think I'm one of the crazy ones. I tend to sleep with the phone beside my bed. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> so <laughs> if you, you can write me an email at 12, I'll reply at 12 or two. If you're awake. Yeah, if I'm awake. Yeah. I think I'd like to return uh, my client's call or ask him for information if I'm awake uh, as soon as possible. If not, it will be a text saying that I'm in a meeting, but sure. I will get back to you in ten minutes. Like just common him. courtesy, yeah. Reply. But I always let them know that I am not disrespecting your call. I am actually, I want your business, and I really want to make sure that you we are in contact. I think they want to hear that because, like I said, it is so easy for them to actually swipe to the next person, sure. and we are all living in that kind of parodium right now, you know. And I also like. If I want to talk to a seller for a particular uh, reason, I also want them to return my call as well, because now my buyers demand that, my sellers have the answers, so I need to get to know, know immediately also. So I respect that. I have no problems.
0: At what point do you personally take control of a transaction? Meaning you basically tell the buyer, I got this. You tell the seller, I got this. You tell the other broker, hey, I got this. I'm quarterbacking this. Mm-hmm. At what point do you take full control and stop playing games with people that don't know how to play the game?
1: If I'm working with a co-broking uh, situation, if I know the agent is a very respectful uh, professional, once they give me all the information that I need, I think that's what I take over. Even with the, my team members that I work with, they will do the open houses, they will do the showings. But ultimately, when it comes to negotiating the final price I always take over from that side and and I lead them, you know, to home, you know, makes it happen.
0: Now one of the biggest topics in the real estate market right now are discount brokerages coming into play.
1: Absolutely. Discount not only discount but also
0: high split to the <laughs> agents, right? And because of somebody again, of your production, of your experience, I'm sure you've had every mom and pop broker, it's a big You know, brokerage in Manhattan, probably in the country, roll out the red carpet for you, right? Hey, we're going to give you 95% split. Hey, we're going to, whatever, shine your Mm. shoes. Hey, Mm. we're going to buy you a home. We'll give you a market allowance. We'll give you a car, right? What's maintained your loyalty to Halstead? And how do you believe other agents should approach this problem that's disrupting the industry?
1: I actually read a very interesting quote about, the grass is never greener, always greener on the other side. It's where you are standing on. And that's where, you know, you sort of farm and make it grow. And I think that's very relevant. Mm-hmm. I am with Halstead the because they are family-owned business. And the person that I'm working with and for, Trish, is a very respectful and understanding person. Not just a boss, but a person. So your
0: boss is a woman?
1: Yeah. Love it. And she is very... Human. She listens to you. She knows what you're going through. She will make a phone call and say, "Listen, is there anything I can do to help you?" to so even at this br- stage of your career, you still yes, need help. Yeah, I, of course. I think if it's given to me and uh at a kind of angle right now, I welcome everything. I am one of those that you know. I'm not a highly toy Like oh, you know, I am this. I'm that. I am just a regular person doing my job and doing this best for the doing it for well, my clients. And doing it well. Yeah, and. I think the moment it gets into your head, I think that's where you lose focus, and then everything else becomes very territorial.
0: Do you see discount brokerages by discount brokerages? We mean brokerages that are offering agents very high splits, taking much lesser listing fees absolutely Do you see them continuing to push in the market, and do you really see what I call margin compression where like no one's paying five six percent anymore, and they want two, three, and four percent commissions
1: i I have a very interesting story to share with you, actually. We went for a pitch with this very, very nice property in Bainbridge, uh, in Bestai. Four-story limestone, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. I presented myself, he heard about me, he loves me, the wife loves me. And then I demand a 6% commission because I work very hard, I'm worth it, you market, and,
0: you I deliver, market. and I deliver,
1: and I know what I do, and I will deliver what I promise I will deliver within the realms of what the market dictates. So this gentleman came back to me and says, Well, I'm sorry, Bond. we're giving it to another agency for four percent. And just to be
0: clear with the federal listeners, so what was the price point of this? Three it? million. So two percent savings is sixty thousand in their pocket.
1: Right? So Or not in their
0: pocket. Exactly.
1: So and I I I can assure you I can sell for three million. I have no problems based on the size of the property and the location I've no In problem. today's market. In today's market. Because I've sold something Seven blocks away for three point one, so I'm very confident. Relative. But he gave it to somebody else, which is fine. Fast forward three months later, he called me up. He's like, Ban, oh, you know, I hope it's not unprofessional, but I'm reaching out to you because my broker's APC did not deliver, blah blah blah." So I said to him, "I said, Mister X, you refuse to give me sixty thousand dollars more, but in today's listing market, you just drop a price to." 2.75.
0: You just lost 350,000.
1: Yeah. But you're, you're okay with that and not paying me?
0: Yeah. Now you're short 290.
1: Yeah. You understand know what I'm saying? And he said, Well, you know, it, we're very disappointed, blah, blah, blah. I said, Listen, good luck to you. I hope you sell it. Oh, but, Ban, if it doesn't sell, we're going to give it to you. Or bring us a buyer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I said to him, No problem. Yeah. But just so you know, if you give the listing back to me, it will be at 2.75, at 6%. Because I cannot put in three million anymore. Because you spoiled it. You killed the market. You
0: cost yourself. You cost yourself two fifty more.
1: Exactly. So sixty thousand will not pay, but you're you're prepared to lose two hundred fifty thousand. It doesn't make sense to me. So now, do you consider that person
0: a fool? Do you consider them uneducated? Do you consider them greedy? Do you greedy. consider them like greedy. a negotiator that yeah. they think they're a negotiator? Yeah. What do you consider them Truth They see it.
1: the tree not the forest, right? That's what they do. You know, they just see one part of it. Like, oh my god. They see the 2%, but they don't see what they are going to work with somebody who's going to discount a property for more than that.
0: Now, what do you think about the broker that comes in and says, I'll list this property for 4% because they're probably, um, they're a schmuck. They've probably never done any deals. They don't know the business. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to price it. They're devaluing the real estate title brand. Mm -hmm. What do you think of someone
1: like that? (laughs) Truthfully, do you respect them or no? Honestly. (laughs) I do not. No, right? No. I think they kill the market. We are better together and we're stronger together, and we should stick together and not discount ourselves. If you're a good broker or agent, and, and you know you're, you're filled with substance, and you know what you can deliver, why discount? It, actually, to. in this market, you should not be discounting. Right. You're working harder and there's deals. than usual. Sure. Right? So I don't believe in that. But it's like preaching to an empty hall, because <laughs> everybody's out there trying to, you know, they are 2 and 4%. No. And I explained to the seller, I would have a better co-brokering experience at 3% than at 2%. Why should they bring their buyers to me? No reason to. There's no need. Now, let's talk
0: about that, though, because technically, when, when a buyer agent gets a buyer, right, mm-hmm. they have a fiduciary responsibility to show them all the properties mm-hmm. on the market. Hey, I'm doing what's in my client's best interest. So whether they're making a 1% split or a 4% mm-hmm. split, let's mm-hmm. just say you're paying out a crazy number. Mm-hmm. Do you believe an agent should or should not show a property based on their commission split of what's fair versus what's not fair?
1: I think when it comes to an agent that is professional and it is their the career uh, and, and it's a job to to make money, sure. that, that comes into play. Because if you are a good agent, you would guide your buyers to the best deal, buying something at 2%, let's say 11 blocks away from the train, as opposed to buying... $3 million property just a block away, in the best of blocks, is a no-brainer. Why? Because when you're going to do the resale side of it, you're going to earn anyway.
0: So let's talk about that. So most people are so transactional-based. Hey, I yeah. sold them a property, yeah. now yeah. whatever. Yeah, You sell someone a property, you're already looking at it as, okay, well, I want to make sure that they come back to me to be Absolutely. their listing broker when they sell.
1: Exactly. And you always have to tell them about the, the resale side. And I think if brokers were to bring that into the into the, the, the exposure of recommending a property, the sellers would see it differently. Because then you are taking consideration, you know, amenities, transportation, blocks by block situation, especially in Best stuy And also the stocks. And it's also historic district as well. So they are just very mundane. I'm gonna get myself in trouble saying this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> we can edit it.
1: <laughs> like, you know, they just don't really put in the hundred percent, you know, of of playing the role of a buyer's broker. I think there is a difference between the sellers and buyers broker and sometimes you do both, but depending on what kind of hat you wear, you should be able to come very clean and clear and guide your clients accordingly and make them understand Yes, you are investing $100,000 more on this property, but in five years' time, you're getting $500,000 back. As opposed to buying the other property, you're getting $150,000 back. And I, I look into people, you know, when they are going to sell their property, they will call me. Sure. And I've got instances as well where I represent the seller. The buyer's broker sold the property, but when they want to sell, they call me. Interesting. And not the, the, the broker who sold them the property. Hmm. And they believe that, you know, that I know Best Eye very well. You know, it's king of Best Eye, bro. That's (laughs) it.
0: So I think a lot of people that are going to be listening to the show, right, we're going to have all walks of life. Sexual preferences, races, colors, Mm -hmm. sizes, I say all shapes and sizes. Everyone's Mm -hmm. welcome, right? Mm -hmm. A big topic, a majority topic in real estate is gentrification, Mm -hmm. right? Brooklyn has undergone Mm -hmm. probably combative with Harlem, the largest gentrification push from what I know in our local market, in any market, right? Mm-hmm. There are other ones obviously as well, but those have been kind of the pioneer of that. Talk to me about gentrification. Talk to me about your 100-year-old African-American seller that has to sell versus wants to sell and the blonde-haired, blue-eyed family that comes in to break up the block or blockbust. Give me all your experiences that you have from that and give me your theory on does it help the community? Does it hurt the community? What's your What's your opinion?
1: My favorite G word, gentrification. <laughs> <laughs> so this is my take on gentrification. Neighborhood changes. We can start from Manhattan to Harlem to Brooklyn. You cannot expect a certain demographic to be in a neighborhood because as people are getting older, like for example, I'm talking in basis of bed style. Sure. We have a very high population of African-Americans. But they have bought properties there when they were very young and they worked very hard for it. And they bought properties there when nobody wants to be there. Now they are in their 70s or in their early 80s. They want to go somewhere that's warmer and kinder to their bodies. So they're looking to Cheaper cost of living. Yeah, and less stress. And they want a condo. They don't want to maintain a brownstone. So that all comes into what they have decided what they want to do. So my thing is this in America especially if somebody wants to sell something and another person is willing to buy it's business
0: green is green money's money yes.
1: as long as there's no one putting a gun to somebody's head and said you have to do this you have to sell it to this it, it is none of that
0: i mean i know people i have friends that are african americans In Brooklyn, Bed-Stuy, Bushwick, even Williamsburg, back in the day, friends, personal Mm -hmm. friends, I can call them right now on the phone. Right, Mm -hmm. they sold one of because they had two, three, four, Mm -hmm. five properties. Mm -hmm. They bought them so cheap, sold to an outsider, if you will, Mm -hmm. and they were looked down upon by their community. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that?
1: I think it's going to happen. It's going to happen. There are two ways to look at it. Collectively, if we don't want that to happen, then obviously there is a situation whereby the community can come together and share this information that this property is going to be up for sale Mm -hmm. if there's anybody around the Like right at first refusal. Exactly. Buy it. For fair market. For fair market or whatever price that they both agreed to sell. I like that. I did a property on Decatur and this very feisty, fun, loving African-American woman is 86 years old. She was going to sell a property for three years. Now, true story. This is not even a fabrication. The neighbors were given the first right to purchase. And they toiled with her. And every year they said, okay, we're going to do it next year, and year after, and year after. So they dragged her around for three years. At that time, she's going through some difficulties already.
0: Most have health issues or financial issues. Financial, yeah, most, right? Yeah.
1: So there was a person that came by and offered her to buy her house for $700,000 all cash.
0: Like suit cake, suitcase, suitcase cash. money. Suitcase yeah. money, yeah. Here's hundreds of 20. She
1: points. was very, very intrigued and very overwhelmed by the fact that, you know, it's the money and she can do a lot with that cash. It's
0: better than hitting the lottery.
1: Yeah. So her neighbor, who the other neighbor on the other side, heard about me and says, what? No, call Bond. Call Bond right now and he he can do something for you. I got a phone call. She asked me what I can come over and take a look. I came over. I took a look at it. She asked me, how much do you think I can sell this property for? I said, at that time, it's 2007,
0: $1.7 And someone offered her 700000 mm-hmm. cash. We sold for $1.7 A million dollars million more than yeah. what the person i Today,
1: I'm, she's my biggest PR. So everybody that wants to sell, because she's such a- they call band. Yeah, she um, is a staple, right? She is like the grand dame yep. of best stuy People listen to her. Did the right then thing. Then she said something to me very cute. She's like, bon. She said, I used to think, you know, the world is black and white. No, in today's world, I see green.
0: Wow. That was her property that she had lived in? Yeah. And where did she go? Did she rent somewhere? She or?
1: went to, with the money. She went to Arizona. Wow, she bought a four-bedroom uh, property, 200,000.: uh, Yeah, with a <laughs> pool go. Yeah, you know. yeah. And she's now she's back in Brooklyn. she was just telling me that she says, "Bon, I don't live in my house." I say, "Why?" Oh, because there's coyotes." <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's her biggest problem. <laughs> she problems. lived in bedside for 50 yeah, years, 60 years.:
1: You know, ne- like I said, neighborhood's going to change if I'm going to sell a property, like everybody else is going to sell a property. And I work so hard to buy a property with my sweat and tears. And one day I want to live comfortably and somebody is willing to pay me for what I want. It is business. It is supply and demand, right? I mean, I'm not forcing the person to buy my house. But if they want to pay me for what I ask for and I'm comfortable with that, be the person black, green, blue, yellow. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm selling a Property that I want to sell, and I want to go and live happily somewhere else. It's my right.
0: What gets you up every morning? What makes you tick? The passion of I feel like you're someone that really enjoy, truly enjoys life. Yes,
1: I love, I love talking brownstones, townhouses, new developments, condos. I love, I love talking properties, and I also have a training in in restaurant business, and I've done my own um, furniture business. You know, I'm very driven by servicing people i think you know Serious. and 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 that's and, what the world is about so yeah, and, and earth, making right? sure that people are you know there's nothing more worthy than 80 now she's 88 years old woman telling you how much she admires you and how thankful she is today because of what you did yeah, for there's, her
0: there's no better feeling in the yeah, world
1: and every day when you 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 grow up knowing that you've done the right thing for the right clients and their lives change thereafter i think we are doing a good thing. We're not taking advantage of the sellers. Huh. We're not offering them seven thousand dollars. We are making them money that they will be forever comfortable to the end of their lives. I think I you think said earlier really,
0: the transparency is so key in that, you know, yeah. having the integrity. And I can tell you there's exactly. no better feeling. People you know, remember when I started in the Bronx in oh seven, oh eight, people bought properties after the market had fallen off there fifty, sixty, even seventy percent, right? So yeah, call it timing, call it Mm -hmm. luck, call it as Mm -hmm. whatever you, however you see it. But I have people that are calling me up, cops, firefighters, Mm -hmm. teachers, everyday average Joe, nine to five hardworking people that that's all they know, right? Civil service, if you will, Mm -hmm. that are calling me up like, listen, Jeff, I wouldn't have been able to sell this house for $600,000 more than I purchased it Mm -hmm. if you didn't help me get the loan. Mm -hmm. Hey, Jeff, I just sold these two properties, and I put four hundred thousand dollars in my bank right now. Mm-hmm. that's paying for my kids' mm-hmm. education mm-hmm. and without you helping get me this approval, when no one else was lending, when very few banks were even in the market
1: mm-hmm.
0: I did this I was able to do this with your help with mm-hmm. your assistance, and I'm like, listen, you guys did it. I just got it in the right direction. Think of me as like your angel it just was here to help you keep you on path. Yes,
1: there's no more rewarding really? feeling than that. I agree I think. We all do what we do, uh, what we love doing as well. But to be going to bed every night knowing that you've done the right thing and you have helped someone be directly or indirectly and change their life uh, in many ways that we would ever dream of, it's a good thing. I think we, we should be able to do that. And yes, we're in this business to also make money. Everybody needs to work and make money for a living. But that's not a priority. I think the priority is make, make, making sure that people are not taking advantage of. I think we just have to care for people.
0: Now, as we close out the podcast, we usually leave the listeners with one thing to deposit to their memory bank, right? So they have to take one thing that you're going to say the most impactful thing that you want to leave people with to remember you, to implement in their daily life or routine, or just really to think about. What's the one thing you want somebody to take away after hearing you speak? Honesty. (laughs) Honesty. It's true. As simple as it sounds, right?
1: Yes, I think you know. Be honest in everything. <laughs> there's no better value than just to be clear and, and and full disclosure and be be rightful of what you tell people and not mislead them. I think that's the the, the thing you have to do for all sellers, buyers, uh, investors, any in industry, any really, in industry. Right? You just have to be. You just have to be honest. You know. So, at what point are you going to bring back casa bon? Not now, probably. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I do have a commercial space for it. It actually gives me a lot of pleasure. Uh, uh, That's your passion, doing no? that. Yeah, yeah, meeting people. And the reason why I did Casaban is because when I first bought my uh, first brownstone in Bed Stuy, I like to marry mid century modern with brownstone sure. because I hate all antiques because it just drags the whole house down. It's too heavy. So I wanted something more of a lighter feel and minimalist. Kind of look. So I couldn't a healthy find healthy mix. Nothing was there. So I was like, where am I going to buy it? They're like, oh, well, you can go to Dumbo, or you can go to Williamsburg. Too far. I was like, no, I then I, I should open on my own. <laughs> so, and that's how I did it. Uh-huh. And it has been a very good experience for me. I met a lot of people. And there's also one thing I always do, and I think um, which I, I see a trend, and I would like to also impart that feeling with a lot of brokers. When you are living in a community. Be supportive of the community. Spend money in the mom-and-pop store. Make sure that they are, they are supported day in day out because they are the backbone of, of our, every neighborhood. I mean, you know, yeah. when people want to buy me lunch or meet up with me, it's always best time. It has to be. I, I want to make sure that these people, first of all, they get to know you. They also know that you are part of the, the community the Fabric. And also, they also know that you are there. You're invested. Yeah, you, you, when you needed them. And the same day they do for you. And if you don't go on and support them, they wouldn't know who you are. They, they would, you know, nowadays I can go to any kind of bar. Say, oh, Bond, you know, if you want to sell at home, talk to Bond Because that's how you work the neighborhood. I think when it comes to farming, sewing, whatever they want to call it, you sh- you have to be there. Just don't send them cards. It's super important. Yeah, just go and meet people. Nine number one rule. Always tip the bartender well. <laughs> and then give out your cards to exactly. drinks. Because awesome. they are the ones that talk to people. Sure. <laughs> you know? In the neighborhood. In the neighborhood. And support your neighborhood. So, for
0: all you brokers, I hope you took some notes on that. For all you <laughs> listeners, I hope you enjoyed the show. Bon, I really appreciate you coming out, trekking all the way from Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. Thank you. Brooklyn. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming out. And we look forward to having I you back on as a guest. I love doing it. It
1: was always nice to chatting with you about all this. And, you know, we always have good things to talk about. Absolutely. It's real
0: estate. We don't see each other enough, but we'll get definitely get some more dates on yeah, the calendar. Yeah, we're going to
1: get you back more into Best Eye, yo. You're right.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it.
1: No, thank you.